the 16th of August, 2007, episode 84. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. It seems these days that a big percentage of business is being done over the internet, and every company or organization that wants to be with it has a web presence. The big problem is, once you get that big beautiful site built, you still need to drive people to it. Now there are always the traditional methods which you should be using as well, which are advertising, sales calls, just kind of drumming up business, but what if you just want people on the net that are already on the net to find your site? Well that's where SEO comes in and that is search engine optimization and it's a way to get your website to show up hopefully pretty high on the listings of search engines using a variety of methods. Now this is a listener inspired topic today so I don't want to steal all the thunder. Uh, We have some great audio comments and I'm going to be playing those and let me just throw this out there as kind of a sidebar. I know SEO isn't the most sexy thing to talk about. It's, it's not all that exciting maybe to some of you, but if any of you have a website out there, maybe you're doing some freelance, maybe you're doing some kind of other business venture and you need people to get to your site, then I think you should listen to this because we're not going to get super intensive on it. Uh, it's, it's some basic guidelines of, of what is right and what is not right and what you should be doing or should not be doing. And I think it's going to be very beneficial to, to everyone who has a website and needs people to come to it, which is pretty much anybody who has a website, right? You always want people to come. Uh, I'm not trying to beg you to stay and, and listen to the show, but I think it's a good one. So if you have any doubts, uh, I think you should stick around and check it out. Let me start off by saying thank you for listening. Everyone out there, if I have some new listeners out there, I hope you enjoy what you're hearing today. Uh, again, probably not one of our sexiest topics, but... There are several, several others that you can listen to if this is not up your alley. And definitely go find the archived episodes, and you can find those at rookiedesigner.com slash rookie. You look on the side where it says Fast Links, and there's there's archived episodes there. And if you go to that, then you can download all the ones that are not on the feed. All the other ones, of course, you should be getting in your aggregator because they're on the feed still. Now, if any guys uh, watch Quick Tips for Designers, there are some of those that got knocked off the feed there as well. You can find those at a website called Rever.com, and that is R-E-V-V-E-R.com. And just go ahead and search either for Quick Tips, or you can also search for the author. And to, to search for the author, you're going to be putting in Rookie. And if you do that, you'll find all the episodes there, and you can check them all out. So... Uh, Definitely check out the archived episodes, though, if you haven't checked them out before. But just in general, thank you guys for listening. I kind of got sidetracked there. Thank you for listening and subscribing and joining me every week or every other week, whatever it may be for you. And um, I really appreciate it. You guys make this show go. And uh, I appreciate those that, that give me feedback through email or like today, we have somebody who actually participated in the UShare program. And the UShare program is, if you got a microphone, you can record an MP3 and you have something you want to talk about, definitely send it to me and we'll do a show about whatever you want to talk about. Absolutely. If you can't record something, then just send it to me in an email, a Word doc, an InDesign doc, whatever you got. Just send me anything that you want to talk about. And definitely, I'm looking to hear some of your opinions as well. So uh, great way to do that. Also, go up on the forum and, and you can talk to other people as well as myself. Great things to do as well. 
Uh, getting back to thank yous, though, I want to thank everybody for nominating me or voting for me in the podcast awards. That has closed. I'm, I'm thinking that's what I read. Uh, I think it said it was going to be up on the 15th, which actually I'm recording this early, so that hasn't come to pass yet. So on Wednesday the 15th, which should occur before this podcast actually comes out, we'll know who won that. Uh, I'm not really keeping my hopes up there. Again, we were up against from some stiff competition, one of which was the winner from last year, which is Tips from the Top Floor, which is an excellent, excellent podcast and has many great followers. So, uh, you know, I'm not holding my breath on this one, but definitely just getting in the top 10, having my name up there. They actually put out press releases and stuff with with the finalists in each of the categories. So it helps me anyways. So thank you guys for voting and nominating me because, you know, I should see some benefits out of this anyways. Uh, I think that's probably the way my name got out there and I get these things like the how I got written up on the Macworld website and on the O'Reilly website. I think that's where that stuff came from and that's how they discovered me. So it does help and, and I really appreciate you guys taking the time to vote for me there. A couple more things. Apple actually released a couple of its packages, the the new iLife 08, which is pretty much the standard stuff, iPhoto, iMovie, uh, iWeb, which is relatively new, just came out in the last one, I think, the GarageBand, which a lot of people use for podcasting these days, iDVD, and then uh, I think this is new, the .Mac Web Gallery, which lets you kind of combine your .Mac and, and make a gallery of photos for people to check out, photos and videos and stuff. So that one's kind of new. Um, the other one is iWork and this one got a new app in it, which I think is kind of exciting. Um, not the application itself. That's actually not very exciting at all, but it's called numbers. And what this is, is kind of like a, an Excel clone. And it's, it's exciting because Apple's never really had anything like this. The best part about this thing is you can actually import and export Excel files. So finally, we can work on those files without having Microsoft on the computer. Now, these days, if you got one of those Intel Macs, you might already have a full copy of Windows and Office on your computer, so it's not really going to matter too much. But for those of us who don't have Office on our computer, uh, this is a great way to be able to open up those files. And they, they have some pretty nice features in there. As you can imagine, they, they do things a little bit better. They make things look a little bit better than, you know, the, the Microsoft applications do, in my opinion, anyways. And, of course, it's well documented that I am a, an Apple enthusiast. But, you know, I think they do a better job with those kind of things. And if you've used Keynote before, you know they have very good, like, graphing, uh, pie charts and stuff like that. They make things look very good. Um, like I said, probably the best part is that you can use those uh, Excel files and you can even export them so you can give them back to the people that are using Microsoft. And uh, a couple other things in there. I'm not going to go too far into these, but just know those are out there and uh, they're not too expensive, I don't think. I think you usually get these packages for under $100 or right around $100. So if you're an Apple user, you might want to check that out. Uh, as always, I'll just put some links in the in the show notes for you. Uh, we already talked about the YouShare program. The other one is the Tell a Friend program, and that is just for you to tell anybody you think will benefit from the show, anybody you think will enjoy the show, tell them about it. Tell them how to subscribe if they don't know. Just educate them on podcasting in general and uh, get them over here, get them to listen to the show, and hopefully we can build our community up a little bit bigger. All right, last thing before we get started is that this podcast is being brought to you by GoToMeeting. 
GoToMeeting is a great little application. Basically, you just log on to GoToMeeting and you start meetings with one click. And when you do that, other people can join your meeting and basically they just come in through an internet browser and they can see everything that's going on on your desktop. Now, of course, this is a very great thing because everybody can see exactly what you're doing. It's not like you're on a big phone call where you're having to explain everything. Uh, you can hold unlimited meetings for a flat rate. You're not paying by the minute. You're not paying by the meeting. You're paying one rate and you can have as many meetings as you want. So if you guys meet a lot, then you're going to get your money's worth out of that. You can also meet from your office, your home, your hotel room, anywhere, anytime you want to. And you're also going to save other people money because people don't have to drive to you to you know have the meeting and be able to see what you're doing. They can see it right over the computer. So if you want to try this, go to gotomeeting.com forward slash podcast. Once again, that's gotomeeting.com forward slash podcast. And actually that's wrong. It's backslash podcast. Excuse me. Um, anyways, gotomeeting.com slash podcast. How about that? And you can try it out for 45 days entirely free. You just download the software and you can try it out and uh, definitely check that out. Some great software. We use it at my work and it works very well. All right, so as I said, today we're going to be talking about SEO or search engine optimization. And we got a, a nice little audio bit from one of our listeners, Paul. And first thing I'm going to do is play that. And uh, what he's going to be talking about is 10 myths about SEO. It seems that a lot of people think they know a lot about SEO and you get these rumors going out there and people think they're true and he's going to clear a lot of that stuff up for you. So we'll go ahead and play this and then we'll give some uh, thoughts about it afterwards. Here we go. Hi, Adam. My name is Paul Mycroft and I'm a web designer living in Ohio in the USA. As you can tell, I'm not from around these parts. I'm originally from London, England, but I've moved out here in 1994 and I've been designing and developing websites since 1999. Um, I thought I'd let you know how much I appreciate the podcast that you do and the efforts you put in. It's very useful and uh, very interesting, and I get a lot out of it. So um, I appreciate that. I wanted to talk to you about something that's close to my heart, and I've been studying this f uh, for a number of years now, as well as designing websites, and that's the search engines. Um, as a web designer, I think, I think I should be aware of the search engines and how they work uh, because I understand how important it is that I deliver a well-designed website that not only looks good but works well for my client and also performs well in the search engines after the site is launched. This not only helps to hopefully increase traffic to the client's website but can also reflect on me for future work. So um, I thought I'd uh, maybe enlighten some of your listeners um, in this area. Uh, before I begin, a couple of things. Um, there's a couple of acronyms that I'll be using. One is SEO. That stands for Search Engine Optimization. And it's the process of improving the volume and quality of traffic to a website from search engines via organic, non-paid search results. These days, it involves many things, including keyword research, integrating those keywords into the website in a search engine-friendly way, increasing the number of quality pages for the visitor, and generating high-quality inbound links, among many other things. Uh, the other acronym I'm going to use is called SERPs, and it's the Search Engine Results Pages, and it's just easier to say SERPs. 
so it saves me a bit of time there. Um, I thought I'd split my uh, audio into two parts. The first one uh, this week is the top 10 myths that I think people suffer from uh, regarding the search engines, things that are just plainly not true or some things that people believe are true and uh, may need correcting. So I thought I'd outline uh, 10 I think are worthwhile. The first one is there's only one search engine worth bothering about. Well, due to the excessive marketing of a certain search engine which shall remain nameless, many clients think that there's only one engine that exists and only one that matters. However, it's common knowledge in the SEO world that the three engines currently dominate the market for search, that's Google, Yahoo and MSN, or Windows Live as they've now rebranded, and they will all refer traffic to your website in different quantities using different search terms. They'll actually probably show different results as well for a single search. So it's very important to know that there's just more than one, and in fact more than those three. There's a couple of other ones that people use, AOL, Ask Jeeves, and some other ones. So uh, people do use a variety of ways to search the internet, and you need to be aware of that. A website will often get traffic from a number of different sources, so it's crucial that all of these sources are valued and nurtured because if one fails for any reason or one changes its algorithm, which is the way it calculates ranking, and you drop like a stone, you have the others to fall back onto while you figure out how to resolve the issue with that particular one. And if the client can rank well for their search terms in all three of the major ones, then they're doing pretty well. If they're a client of yours, they may also email you about a search they've performed in their chosen engine using a random search term, asking you why they are not ranking on the first page for that particular term. Well, you need to explain to them that they may be in fact ranking on the first page in the other engine and are on page three in their chosen engine. Then they may start to realize that there's more to search than meets the eye. Myth number two, well, it's all about the meta tags. Well, I lose count of the times I've heard a client ask me, it's all about the meta tags, isn't it? Well, meta tags are separate labels inside the head of a web page that describe what the site and the page is all about. They're invisible to a web page visitor, yet are used by some engines to rank and others to display in their results pages. The two most widely recognized are the meta keywords and the meta description tags. Others can describe a page's author, create a redirect, or show whether the information is copyrighted. But since the engines use a wide variety of factors to determine site rankings, Google actually uses a secret source of over 200 calculations that it uses to rank, optimizing a page to rank high is a joint effort. You should use everything available to you that the engines might give some weight, and therefore you should certainly use meta tags including the meta keywords tag, along with every other legitimate acceptable technique available. So I wouldn't say you should obsess over the meta tags because that's, they're just one small part of, of the whole picture. Myth number three, if you submit on a regular basis, you will rank higher. Well, you don't even need to submit once, but it won't hurt you if you do. If you can establish a link from a website that is already indexed and ranking, you will get spidered by their spiders or electronic robots that the search engines use to gather information as they'll go from that site 
to your site and if your site is built um, in the correct way with links it will spider your whole website so there are ways to to get ranked um, quicker and get indexed quicker uh, but usually if you can get some inbound links from sites that are already ranking you should be good myth number four Google page rank matters I think I need to explain what PageRank is according to Google. This is on their website. PageRank relies on the uniquely democratic nature of the web by using its vast link structure as an indicator of an individual page's value. In essence, Google interprets a link from page A to page B as a vote by page A for page B. But Google looks at considerably more than the sheer volume of votes or links a page receives. For example, it also analyzes the page that casts the vote. That's page A. Votes cast by pages that are themselves important weigh more heavily and help to make other pages, page B, important. Using these and other factors, Google provides its views on pages' relative importance. Um, and you can find out the page rank. Many people install a Google toolbar which then displays a little green bar and a number from 1 to 10 in their browser and when they arrive at a page it gives them a figure. A good SEO campaign will automatically increase your real and true page rank as measured by Google not indicated in that little green bar which is actually usually outdated without your specifically setting out to increasing it on your own. So since PR doesn't bring you traffic and sales nor rankings Increasing it should not ever be the main goal of your campaign. Myth number five, it's all about links. Actually, I think that should, act, that should read, it's all about link authority. That's true that links play an important role in how a search engine ranks your web page, but it's not all about any single thing. For example, your website must be important because you have a thousand links coming in, right? Wrong. You may have a thousand links coming in, 95% of those links are from generic snake oil link farms or websites that have absolutely nothing to do with your site's subject. In other words, you're not as important as you thought. It's actually about both link quality and, to a lesser extent, quantity. If you are linked from a website that was already has good rankings and is maybe an expert in their field, then your site will benefit from that link juice, as I tend to call it, because that link will show the search engines that your site is important enough to be linked to and give you credit for that with a decent rank. So if you can get ranks from experts and um, quality uh, community-based websites then um, that relate to you, then uh, you should be good. Myth number six. Well, now my website is launched. If I sit back and wait, the phone will start ringing, right? Wrong again. The phone will only start ringing if you treat SEO as one of the pieces of your marketing efforts. If you concentrate on just one aspect and rely on it to make your business successful, you're going to fail because you fail to grasp the notion that a successful business relies on many constantly fluctuating factors. Uh, you need to announce your website to the world, then work on it constantly, trying to improve it in your visitors' experience while they're there. Treat it as your storefront. Welcome people in, then give them things to do and look at. Remind them that you are striving to improve and will always have something new to offer them and for them to look at. And encourage them to return 
by keeping in contact with them with useful information that they've that they want to they want to know your website is your storefront sitting in the back in a dark room will not make it a success myth number seven an SEO company guarantees you a number one spot in all the major search engines unfortunately no one can guarantee anything especially when it comes to this quirky and mysterious world of the search engines and if they do guarantee you a number one spot run a more realistic goal maybe first page rankings for your chosen search terms while continuing to improve traffic using an increasing number of terms that relate to your business and what you offer you should look to improve not to settle myth number eight a flash site ranks well a hundred percent flash site is notoriously difficult to rank because the search engine spiders love fresh content that is readable such as text that you can highlight with your mouse and web pages that contain lots of great keywords that make sense to the visitor they tend to struggle with flash because it is an embedded movie file you can't highlight anything with your mouse however that's not to say you won't rank but it will be difficult to achieve good high rankings for specific search terms in flash myth number nine uh, submitting to a thousand search engines will help you. Well, as I've already mentioned, there are only really a handful of search engines that, that people actually use. So why submit to 990 others when they will have absolutely no bearing on your traffic? Many of these will bring you no traffic at all, and you may waste a lot of time and money on trying to get listed in them. If you can get listed in the most important ones, those results may be shared with other engines, for example, AOL is powered by Google so if you get into Google you're probably going to get into AOL and lastly myth number 10 if I rank well today I'll rank well next year proper SEO requires a lot of constant effort and vigilance working with a professional can help you immensely as they do a lot of the SEO grunt work while you concentrate on other important aspects of your business if your site has been designed and built well in the first place it will continue to, to perform well. However, as the web improves and adopts new technologies, it's important to stay ahead of the game and, more importantly, your competition. So I hope you find that useful, Adam. Thanks very much. Bye. So let me start by saying a giving a huge thank you to Paul for that. I think that was a very well-spoken, well-organized set of thoughts there. And I, I, like, I like it when they do things like this. I, I talked... Uh, some weeks ago about um, copywriting and things like that. And I went to a seminar on that. And that's exactly one of the things the guys went, the guy went through is, you know, what are the perceived myths out there? What do people think? How do people think this thing works? You know, and I'll tell you what's right and what's not right. And I think that's a very good way to look at it. Because like I said, there's a lot of so-called professionals out there who think they know everything about everything and they're really just going off of something they heard from someone else, and it's not true. So it's good to know these things, what's true and what's not true, and how to go, how to go about doing these things, because this is a pretty complicated subject, I think. Um, you're not going to find too many experts out there on it that know everything there is to know. And I, that could probably be said for anything on the web, as far as like building websites or optimizing them or, or whatever. Uh, there's a lot of technology out of there, out, out there, and it changes all the time. So I don't think any one person should claim that they know everything about it. 
So uh, as he's kind of alluded to that before, you know, if, if somebody tells you that you're definitely going to be number one, or I can definitely build you the best site out there that will have all the new technology, you probably shouldn't trust that person because it's just not going to be true. So just to kind of rehash a little bit, um, SEO, once again, is search engine optimization. And basically you're trying to build up your website with different, uh, in different ways so that it will show up on the search engines pretty high in the rankings, hopefully. Hopefully you're going to get on that first page, like he was saying. Um, again, you're not necessarily going to be number one all the time, and you're you're almost certain not to be number one on every single search engine because they, they use different methods of actually getting that information off your site. Um, I think this started, and I'm just going to go through and, and throw out some ideas. If I'm wrong, I'm sure Paul will correct me. And actually, before I get to that, he said that was part one of a, a two-part series, and what I wanted to do, you know, obviously I want to react to this stuff and I might be saying some things that, that he had planned for his next one. I wasn't sure exactly what it was, but what I wanted to do is actually send you to his website and I didn't get a URL from him yet. Uh, so hopefully I'll be able to do that before I put this show up and it'll be in the show notes. Let, let's just go with the notion that that's actually going to happen. Uh, if not, you know, I'd be more than happy to have him uh, set up another comment section that I can put on this show. And that would be totally fine as well, whichever he wants to do. But I thought it'd be nice to to send some traffic to his website. As we learned today, links are a very good thing, especially if it, if the site that, that you're being linked from has something to do with, you know, what your site is about. That's, that's a very important, very key thing because it can build up your, your, your credibility based on the credibility of the, of the site that's linking to you. Anyways, so hopefully I'll try and get that link up there to his website. Uh, if not, plan B would be to just get some more of his comments on this show. But like I was saying, I'm going to throw out some thoughts here. If I'm wrong, I'm sure he'll correct me, and I will definitely allow him to do that. I am, I'm, well, let me just go through this. Um, basically, this started, I think, about 15 to 20 years ago. When it first started, same thing. It was just kind of a way to get your site seen by those searching for specific products or services or searching for a specific website on the internet. So you're using these, we talked about keywords or he talked about keywords already. You're using these keywords that you think people are going to be typing in when they search for a certain product, a certain service that they need, or just looking for a website in general that has a certain name. Uh, it's become much more intensive and competitive and this is, of course, because of the influx of business to the web. Now, there was the big dot-com boom. Some of you, most of you hopefully know about that or know a little bit about what that was. I think we talked about that on an earlier show. That's basically where it started. And people tried to drive all the business to the Internet instead of having, you know, like a real retail shop or, or you know, a, a mortar and brick place, somewhere where people could actually physically go to. They were going to do it all on the web. And that's kind of where it started. Well, a bunch of those businesses pretty much tanked. And that, you know, that went downhill. Not many businesses survived through that, I think. And after that came this next wave where of, of e-commerce, where there were businesses that were already established, but now we're going to go out to the web and try and use that as another channel to bring sales in. Well, obviously that worked because it's all over the place now. So as you heard from Paul's comments, there are several ways to go about doing SEO. And, and the more that you can, the more things that you can employ, the better your chances are going to be of being highly ranked on these search engines. Um, as usual, 
there's people out there that think they know everything about it, as I said. Uh, I am not one of those people. I will claim right here and now that I don't know that much about SEO. I actually, the web designer that had my job that I have currently, she she was actually in charge of the the SEO for our site, for my business site. And we get almost no traffic on the website. The only traffic we really get are the people that are driven there by sales calls, um, by people who are already signed up to our service because part of our service is actually going up to the internet and using an application online. But as far as like just generating sales from people searching, it's almost non-existent. So um, not to throw her under the bus, but you know, if I continued to do it, it would probably be the same thing. So what we've done, we actually went out and contracted an SEO company to help us with this, to give us this new knowledge, because a lot of things have actually changed in the last, you know, five, 10 years. So if you thought you knew something about it five years ago, then you're probably way behind the curve already. So talking in general terms of how the web is going these days, I think we all know that e-commerce is humongous these days. I buy probably at least 40% of my goods on the web. And I know several other people across the country, across the world, do the same thing. People don't like waiting for products, and the web has really made a way of being able to deliver those things on demand. Now, here we're talking mostly about media. We're talking about music. You can just buy and download your music now. You can do it with movies. Um, You can rent movies and watch them on demand now. Um, even books, you can get audio books. You can, I'm sure you can download eBooks as well. Probably not as cool as actually having a, a hardbound or a, or a paperback book, but some people don't want to wait. So that's how they do it. Um, obviously this stops somewhere because you can't order a hat over the internet and just download it, but it's, it's really going as far as it can, as far as letting people get what they want on the internet. And then, you know, for everything else, Maybe you got to wait a little bit, but some people don't like the mall, myself included. I don't like going to the mall and, and beating the crowds and going through shops and, and trying things on. I, I don't really do that myself anyways. And uh, my wife isn't much of a shopper either. So we like to actually just search things on the internet and buy them that way. And a lot of times you can find a lot of savings on the internet. Sometimes they have, you know, the overstock stuff that you can go and you can actually pay less for it on the web than you do on going to the actual store. Also, sometimes there's just hard to find items that aren't in the stores. Maybe they're never in stock on the store and maybe you can find them on the internet. So um, this is all stuff you probably already know, but you know it's just the way things are going. So that's why this stuff is so important. There's a lot of competition out there of people trying to bring customers to their website instead of yours. And that of course is if you guys both do the same thing. Now, Paul talked about meta tags and meta tags was kind of the first way that I was introduced to SEO. It was the first thing that I learned about of how you would get search engines to maybe recognize certain keywords or certain terms that went along with what you do on your website. Uh, I looked this up. I looked up a couple of things on this and, uh, and I lost the page. Okay, here it is. So we talked about a couple of different uh, meta tags. The first one was the keywords attribute. And this meta tag was actually popularized by the search engines. Uh, It it names uh, InfoSeek and AltaVista in 1995. 
And it got popular very, very quickly because people found out that they could stuff a bunch of keywords in this meta tag, which is basically just like an HTML tag at the top. It's in the head of your HTML page. And you just list a bunch of keywords, as many as you could think of. You could just stuff them all in there and it would the search engine would pick those up and it would rank your site according to those keywords and what, of course, what the person typed in. So this caused, you know, a couple of problems. First of all, people were kind of just stuffing as many things in there as they could. And that brought up something called keyword stuffing. And it's keyword stuffing was considered unethical, an unethical SEO technique, because basically you're just shoving as many keywords in there as possible, sometimes multiple times. And, you know, that's just not a good way to do it because the way the search engines worked then is it would base it on, you know, what was in there. So if you had a certain word that was in there several times, it's going to pick it up that many times. It might actually shoot you to the top of the list. Another thing people would do was put in keywords that had absolutely nothing to do with their site. So people would go up and be looking for something completely different and be driven to that site instead, which of course, you know, that's, that's a pretty sneaky tactic. So that along with uh, another thing people used to do was just kind of put keywords in the page and make them hidden from the user. So you couldn't actually see them if you went to the actual web page, but if you looked at the source of it, you might see maybe down at the bottom or something, there would just be a little tag that had all these keywords or just certain phrases or words that would help it rank better in the search engines. So uh, meta tags are not all there is these days, and that's exactly why the search engines noticed that people were doing that stuff and they kind of changed the algorithm so that it would search in different ways. And that's really what's what's taken, taken the umph away from the meta tags. As you remember, Paul said that, you know, a lot of people still think that meta tags are it. You know, if I just put a bunch of keywords in the meta tag, I'll be set, you know, and there's not many search engines left that, that really base it on that. And, and that is the reason for that. So keywords play really a huge part in SEO. So since they're, they're not just going in the meta tag, where are they going now? First of all, we need to, to be reasonable and ethical about these things. We don't want to be like those old people that, that got the rules changed on us. And we really need to have reasonable keywords, something that really relates to what we're doing and also ethical ones. You know, we want to have ones that, again, relate to our business because we don't want people just being brought to our website for no apparent reason. Because first of all, they're probably not going to stay there. They're going to be irritated that they got to your site. And secondly, it's just a waste of our time to, to be trying to do tactics like that. So we want to have those uh, reasonable keywords, things that really relate to what we're doing, to what we think people are going to be searching for and bring those people to our page. Now, uh, I also did read something quite a while back that there was actually some people out there who are skeptics of meta tags. They don't use the meta tag at all or the keyword tag at all. And the reason they were saying that they don't do this is because they think the competition, all they have to do is go up to your site and, you know, do a view page source and they have all of your keywords there. And I can attest to that because one of the things that we did when we were trying to think of hmm, what, what keywords do we want to use, we went to all the competitors' websites and I just pulled up the source and there it was right there, a nice list for us so we could see what the other people are using. Um, I don't know that I totally subscribe to this because, you know, how hard is it? People are going to think of the same keywords as you if they're in the same business. But, you know, if you're very skeptical, uh, maybe you do want to just take that whole meta tag out altogether. 
Um, their, their, their thinking was though, the competition would steal these keywords and use them, you know, maybe for some PVC ads on search engines, which is like a pay-per-click thing. And, uh, it's a way for you to kind of bolster your, your keyword usage and get people to your site. Um, on that same topic, when you go to these search engines and you get to the results page, you're going to notice that there's like sponsored links either at the top or there might be like a sidebar with some uh, sponsored links there, links there and they're bigger. They, they, they have like a color behind them. Sometimes these are all paid for by the people who, whose website it points to. This is basically a pay-per-click link. So they actually have to pay every time somebody clicks that to go to their website. But of course, you know, they, they're guaranteed to be at, at or near the top of the page because they're paying for it. So you know, if you have the money to do it, this is another way to get obviously some good results off of the search pages, because if the search has anything to do with your website, anything to do with the keywords that you give them, then you're going to be up there near the top of the page. But again, you are paying for that. So probably not going to be the best for, you know, a small business. So with all these advances in the technology of the search engines and them kind of seeing how people use keywords, how they, how they use the, the SEO techniques to try and get near the top of these search results. Uh, they started doing things a little bit differently. And uh, we're going to talk about that right after this. And that is using web crawlers. The keys to the game. Right, our key command for today is kind of an obvious one, and it works in all the Adobe applications, and it is to hide and show your guides when you pull guides out of the rulers. Um, to do this, on the Mac, you're going to press Command and Semicolon, and on the PC, that's Control and Semicolon. There's also another one that we can use here that is very similar, and that is using the grid. Uh, probably a lot of people out there don't use the grid, but it's a great thing to use, especially when you're figuring out how to lay something out. It'll help you uh, with your your balance and actually finding a place to put everything. So to enact the grid, you're going to press command and the double quotes or the single quote, that button on the Mac. And on the PC, that's control and the quote button. So when the search engines found out that everybody was kind of cheating to get their uh, sites up on the list, they kind of enacted a new way of searching through the websites and finding out, you know, what the pages were about and, and what was on the pages. And that is really kind of going through the whole site, going through the, the whole content of the website. And they do this by using what they call a web crawler. Uh, it could also be called a web spider or a web robot or a bot. There's a million different names for it, but basically what this is, is a, it's a program or a script that crawls through the internet in kind of an automated fashion. Uh, it, it was referred to as spidering in Paul's little MP3 comments. Um, same thing. That's talking about the same thing. And it's really why it's important to have keywords that are within your pages and not just listed kind of in a meta tag or just kind of listed as a, a hidden entry on your page. That's not the way to do things anymore. The way to do things is to really have good, good marketing, good content on your pages and make sure your content really talks about and uses those keywords, but talks about what you need to talk about, what your business is about, 
uh, what your services are, whatever it is that your website is trying to convey to the visitor, that's what needs to be in there. And you need to find those keywords. Again, you still have to go through and find those keywords that you think are pertinent, the things that you think people will be searching for in the search engine and get those into your content somehow, work them in. But you don't want to just throw them in. Again, you don't want to just list a bunch of keywords in your page. You need to work it in so that it makes sense, so that it goes along with the message that you're trying to send out. Uh, if you don't do this, it's going to cause problems for you. And there are several things that will cause problems for the bots and, and make it so that they can't really um, spider your page as well as they should be able to. Uh, you heard Paul talk about Flash. Uh, we've talked about this before. Flash is very hard for bots to read. It's hard hard for them to get all the content out of it because it's uh, it's actually an animation or a movie file as opposed to, like he said, some text that you can actually select it's actually just in uh, HTML or some other language. So Flash is great for multimedia, but make sure that the bulk of your content is in HTML or some other sort of readable language that the bots can, can actually decipher what it's talking about. Uh, if you look around the net too at how Flash is used on other sites, Flash is used on pretty much all sites these days, especially the big boys, the, uh, the big TV networks, uh, the big sports network, ESPN, uses it a lot. Uh, anything that's huge is going to use Flash in some way or another. Now, most of them, you're going to find that about 90 to 95% of the content on the website is HTML. About 5 to 10% is going to be Flash. And on most of them, you're going to find, you know, of course, on the TV networks, the Flash is going to be some kind of interactive thing where you can actually watch their TV show online. It's going to give you some kind of trailers or something like that. Same with ESPN. They show their highlights. Uh, they show, you know, interviews with people. It's going to be a small part. Uh, for a business website, you'll find that they'll use it kind of as a, uh, a header or a banner on their front page, which gives you some rotating information. It'll be like their latest news or some new products that they put out, something like that. Uh, Adobe uses it the same way. They give you little short videos about what their products are, what their products do and how they're used and that kind of stuff. But you notice the rest of it is in some kind of uh, language like HTML so that it can be actually spidered and they can get the information and get it back to the search engine and they know what's going on in your website. Another big thing is how your site is actually set up. You need to make it in a logical way and make sure that the pages don't lead to dead ends. Now, the website that I'm working on, uh, you're going to hear a couple of bad things about it, but one of the things that I think is kind of ridiculous, they had some pages on there that they only want, wanted certain people to go to. And I don't know if it was that they were giving these certain people the URL straight to that page, but these pages are very, very hard to find. It's kind of like you go two or three levels deep in the links and then it's in the content of the page, there's a link, and it goes to this whole other section that has like five pages in it. That's the only way you can get to that thing. Um, this is not a good way to set up your website, especially if that's something that you want a lot of people to see. Um, even if you don't want a lot of people to see it, I mean, it would have to be something that you really don't want the mass of the people to see to, to really need to do something like this. Otherwise... There's no reason for it. It should be in your navigation in a logical way so that anybody can get to it. And once they get to those pages, they need to get be able to get back to the other navigation. Now, this not only is going to help the, the bots go through your website and crawl them properly, but it's also going to help the visitors that come to your website 
um, not get totally frustrated because they can't find their way back to something or they can't find their way to something in the first place. Everything needs to be, everything needs to have a good flow so that the person can come at the very, it's kind of like a story. They come at the beginning of the story, which is your homepage, and they get to that last page that you want them to see before, before they leave and all the pages in between. It kind of carries them through in a logical manner. Now, not everybody is going to go through and look at every single page. They're going to jump around, and that's the beauty of the web and navigation bars. But you you make it easy for them so that if they do want to go through each of those pages, it has kind of a logical flow to it. And if your site is set up like that, and all the pages link back to each other, and everything kind of makes that good site map then it's going to be that much easier for the web crawlers to go through your website and find everything that it needs to find. Last thing is keep it up to date. Keep your website up to date. And this is one that I'm uh, very guilty of not doing for my personal site. And as we say, there's always time to work on someone else's work, but never time to work on your own. And that's kind of where that one is. But, you know, there's several things that are very important, one of which is standards. There, there are certain standards out there for how to make your, how to build your web pages so that they're, you know, up to, up to code with what the WC3 wants to see on the internet. And it's getting more and more popular to actually have your things up to date, have them up to standard for that. If at all possible, you need to make sure that your code on all your web pages validates. There's validators for all kinds of things. There's validators for HTML. There's validators for CSS, and if you can make these things validate, your site is going to be that much more clean, that much more better put together, and it's going to help, again, it's going to help the web crawlers get through your site and get what they need to get so it can take it back to the uh, search engine and hopefully get you higher, higher up in the list. You need to update your site often, as Paul said. It's a very good thing to do. It's kind of like, as he said, your storefront, especially if it is something where you're selling something there, you're selling a service or a product. You want to keep it fresh because hopefully you're having people become repeat visitors and they come back early and often and they don't want to see the same thing every time. Uh, there's a couple of different methods that you can use for that, but probably the best one would be making something that, that's fresh. And a good way to do that, again, is going back to the Flash where you have a banner and you can just flip-flop out movies and give them new information every time they come. But updating, making updates is very important. Um, redesign your site whenever you have the chance. I say that because of what's happened to, to my actual business site. I end up doing all this other stuff and I never have time to do this. So whenever I do get the chance, whenever I do have enough time that I think I can get into my site and redesign the whole thing, I'm going to do it. And you should uh, you should at least be doing it every couple of years. Now, again, the site that I work on at, at my work hasn't been redesigned in probably about two years. As a whole, it hasn't been redesigned in about four years, four to six years probably. So it's getting pretty old. It doesn't validate. Uh, there's a lot of technologies that, that are not being utilized that should be utilized in it. And this is just what happens when you don't redesign and you don't update your site. The technology is changing so quickly that there's no way you're going to keep up with it unless you're redesigning these pages. So, uh, another very good reason to do so. And missing out on the technologies is a big thing because people like to see new technology on the website. They like to see that you have Flash. They like to see that you have dynamic HTML doing cool things. So, um, and that's that's not the 
That's not to say that everybody is of that opinion because there certainly are people out there still surfing around on Internet Explorer 4.01 and they won't be able able to see any of that stuff. Uh, Maybe the flash, but as far as the dynamic stuff goes, they won't be able to see any of it. But, you know, there are those people out there that, that like to see that stuff. And if you're in the business of making graphics, of making animations or or websites or anything like that. You obviously want to have that stuff on your website because it makes you look better. makes you look like you know what you're doing. So, you know, if we take all these things and, and as Paul said, again, I'm going to reiterate, just doing these things, just using these SEO techniques isn't enough. You're also going to need to get out there, let people know about your website, uh, make flyers, make sales calls, Hand out business cards with your URL on it. I think that's probably the best way to to advertise a website. You need to do all these things to get people to come to your website. They're not just going to find it on a whim. Now, that's what I call a rookie mistake. Well, let's pick up right where we left off there. And uh, the mistake tip for today is not to really assume anything is going to work as well as you think it should. That kind of sounds like a pessimistic notion, but really I think you're better off thinking this way. Because if you have some kind of problem, like your problem being that you need people to come to your website, you need to attack that from every direction possible. Like we just said, SEO is one piece of a huge puzzle. You need to be advertising that thing. You need to get get word of mouth out there, get people to talk about your website. You need to get flyers out any way that you can attack this. You need to be attacking the problem from all angles. Just like when you're attacking a design problem, you want to think of several different ways. That's why we make so many different thumbnails so that we make sure that we don't leave anything out. We want to pick the best way to do things and thinking of everything we can is going to help us do that. You need to be creative in your approach. Again, just like when you're designing, try and think of Try and zag when people are zigging, you know, because you might think of something that other people didn't think of and you'll be one leg up on the competition. So don't rule anything out. You know, if you have some crazy scheme of a great way to drive business to your website, then definitely you need to be doing that. That's a, that's a good, good way to think about things. Most importantly, don't take someone's word for it. As I alluded to before, and uh, actually Paul alluded to, and I reiterated it, if you get an SEO company saying that they're going to make you number one on a search engine, or even worse, on every search engine, you're probably best off not to believe them. Don't just take somebody's word for it. There's no end-all, be-all, best way to do anything on the web. There's really no best way to do anything at all, I don't think. There's always several different ways to go about getting something done. And again, the more ways you employ, the better your chances are at getting to your goal. And just, uh, you know, buying something that someone is selling is is not going to get it done for you. You really have to investigate yourself. And that's not to say that you don't use outside vendors. That's not to say that you don't take advice from other people. Just kind of maybe take it with a grain of salt and have that be one one of your techniques for getting to your ultimate goal. You never want to just take somebody's word for it. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. Our resource for today is another website, and this website is called WebDesignMag. 
And it's actually uh, a website that goes along with a magazine, if you could imagine that. This is what I'm guessing is a British publication, mainly because the website is webdesignmag.co.uk. But it is a great resource, and uh, even if you're not subscribed to the magazine, I think you can get a lot out of this website. It also looks like a very good magazine as well. But let me just tell you about some of the features that are on here. Uh, One of the great ones, Top Website Lists. And this is all kinds of different categories that they give you. Uh, Just read a few top 20 Flash games, uh, best animation websites, best CSS websites. So a great place to get some some good inspiration or maybe even kind of see what techniques people are using out there. Uh, There's also Website Gallery Awards. So you can check out some award-winning websites that are out there. See, it says tutorial files. I believe these are just the files that go along with a magazine, though. So it looks like it's kind of like a layers thing. If you get layers, you know that they have tutorials in the magazine, and you can actually download the the actual files that they use in the tutorial. Looks like that's the same thing. So that would be more for people who are subscribed to the magazine. Uh, They have a web hosting guide, so they give you some ideas of uh, different web hosts that are out there. Some people have asked questions about that before. all kinds of different things though. There's, there's some great resources on here to check out. And this actually I got from the forum. Uh, again, I didn't do my research and figure out who it was, but there is a post. Uh, somebody was asking about website publications, uh, web design magazines, basically. And this, this was one of the two that the person put up. So, uh, I thought it was a great resource. And it again, looks like a great magazine. If you're into subscribing to a magazine and there, there isn't a whole, whole lot out there in terms of web design magazines, uh, in terms of, you know, what's out there for just design in general or print design. I think there's a lot more of those, but uh, check it out. If you get, get some time, it, it looks like a very good resource. Before we get out of here, I just want to remind everybody, please tell a friend or tell a stranger, tell anybody that would enjoy the show. Tell them where it is, tell them how to subscribe, anything like that, and you'll be doing me a humongous favor. Uh, If you want to go to the website and check out the show notes, I keep all the URLs that I talk about in the show there, as well as the bullpen, as well as the key command if you miss that somehow. Uh, Everything's up there at rookiedesigner.com slash rookie. Uh, You can contact me if you need to. You can do that several ways. You can email me at adam at rookiedesigner.com. And if you'd like to send any comments or a topic or a recorded comment like we had today, you can send it straight to that email address. You can also find me at myspace.com slash rookie designer. You can send me a message through there. You can Skype me and send me an IM instant message at username Titan Strides. Again, most of the time, I'm not going to be answering the phone if you try and call me there. But if you send me an IM, it will stick up on my screen until I find it. And then uh, I'll get back to you that way. And uh, the last, definitely not the least, is the forum. RookieDesigner.com slash forum. Definitely use that. Uh, Register if you haven't already. And uh, there's great, great people up there. There's uh, 200 plus designers from all over the world that you can talk to. And uh, great conversations going on up there. And if you have questions, most times uh, either I'll answer it or somebody will get to to it before me. So it's a great way to have your your answers questioned. No. Get your questions answered. Yeah, that sounds a little bit better. All right. Once again, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for the emails. Thank you for supporting this podcast. And just remember, everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. That one's high. It's got the distance. 
It's home.